Welcome everyone, you're listening to another episode of the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. I'm Chris, and I'm here with Denise and Dawn. Hello. And they are going to be talking about something so terrifying. So... So, so (laughs) spine-tingling horror that's not related to murder this time. I mean, there might be some murder involved, but it it, it's it's something different. (laughs) Um, Today we're talking about haunted dolls and cursed dolls Mm -hmm. and creepy dolls, creepy, and just the general history of dolls and. Why we think they're so creepy. Why they're creepy. Because that's, that's been a thing. That's been a thing for a while, hasn't for it? For a long time. Yeah. Yeah, some of the stories I've read were like early 1900s, maybe mm-hmm. late 1800s. So, yeah, I'm sure that it's been around for some time. So, this is our, our seasonal episode for 2020, <laughs> October. Um... If you don't like spooky things, then <laughs> you've been warned. <laughs> That's right. Because they are really creepy. Yeah. And I have no idea what Denise is going to say, but just the story <laughs> like right the, the, the one that Don knows. She's like, this is so creepy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about dolls just to begin with. So uh, dolls have been around for thousands of years. But it hasn't really been a creepy thing until about the 18th and 19th century. Um, Mainly because they've gotten more realistic looking. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like whenever they kind of just sort of look like us, we're we're okay. We think, okay, that's that's cool. I'll play with that. Mm -hmm. But the more realistic they get, Mm -hmm. the more we're like, that's creepy. (laughs) See, and I think that they're making, like, new dolls for kids are getting so much more realistic. Like, mm-hmm. the baby dolls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, and, you know, like I said, in the 18th, 19th century, dressing up dolls gave, like, little girls um, the opportunity to learn how to sew and knit to make little dresses for them so they could learn some skills. Um, they would also be used to act out social interactions, so not just like tea parties and weddings, but apparently also funerals. So because it was how they would practice those social interactions. Mm-hmm. The kids would? Uh-huh. Wow. And so interesting. Um, and as the in the early 20th century, when women started joining the workforce and going out, that's when the baby doll thing started happening. So we could kind of be like, remember, you want to be a mom. Just interesting. <laughs> That's why that came about. Uh-huh. But you know, girls just seem to, from what I've experienced, gravitate towards babies. It's mm-hmm. like a nurturing thing that they want to have baby dolls. Okay. I didn't yeah. realize there was a social issue with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and you know, it also also when action figures came about that helped boys be able to play with dolls without it being a Goal thing. 
Okay. So, G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't always this this division between like girl just girl toys and, and boy toys. It was like dolls were they were a teaching tool for a long time, mm-hmm. and then then we got to a certain point. It was like, and then there was like a divergence of yes. like like we've got to re, you know reinforce, split this out to reinforce these reinforce specific these things. Gender, <laughs> these yeah. gender roles, yeah, that's fascinating. So as the more realistic they they became, the creepier we found them. So. Um, there's also a thing called the Uncanny Valley. Did anybody read about the Uncanny Valley? No. So, uh, let's see. The Uncanny Valley refers to the idea that human, to the idea that human react favorably to humanoid figures until the point at which these figures become too human. <laughs> the small differences between the human and the inhuman, maybe an awkward gait and inability to use appropriate eye contact or speech patterns, become amplified to the point of discomfort, unease, disgust, and terror. So, um, the idea originated with Japanese roboticist Masahiro Mori's 1970 essay, which, let's see... Although the title of the paper, Bukimi Notani, actually more closely translates to Valley of Eeriness, which I, I prefer mm-hmm. <laughs> to the Valley of Uncanny. <laughs> but okay. The word uncanny harkens back to concept that psychiatrist Ernst Jensk. How do you pronounce this word, Chris? How do you pronounce the psychiatrist's name? So, sounds good to me, Jensch. 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 <laughs> Explored in 1906, and that, of course, Freud described in his 1919 paper, The Uncanny. Of course, Freud was very Freudian, <laughs> and that everybody calls our repressed fears and antisocial desires. The basic idea was that the familiar is somehow rendered strange, and that discomfort is rooted in uncertainty. Yeah, I did read about that recently. Mr. Creepypasta had posted something on on Twitter or Facebook about the Uncanny Valley mm-hmm. that someone wrote and their spin on it was, you know, it's it was yeah, it's it's kind of like what it said there um things that are just human enough to look human but mm-hmm. but are obviously not and we have like a a very instinctual reaction to them and they said something like like um, if this reaction is instinct, then how do we know to have that? So they were trying to say, like, you know, prehistoric humans, like, what else was around whenever they were around that they gave them this instinct to say, like, run away from this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What looks so? What looks like us, but not quite like us, that makes us feel like huh. this is weird that and creepy, and is we really interesting. Get away from that. Um. So, let's see. So, yeah, the more lifelike, the creepier we find them. Uh, And, of course, dolls don't age well. So, if they look like us, but then they start to, you know, the hair starts decaying, the eyes don't work anymore, you know, like when the little sleepy-eyed baby dolls, Mm -hmm. or one eye works and one doesn't. Um, So, it's like... It looks like a baby as much as possible, but like an ancient baby. And so it creeps us out even more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
So this is one of um, so in this article from the Smithsonian, um, they mentioned reborns, and so then I was like, "What's that?" And I'll tell you what reborns are here in a second. Okay. Oh yeah, we may also be creeped out by adult humans pretending that these inanimate things are real. So doll collectors that think that their dolls are real or have feelings or whatever. There's also like that person's creepy, <laughs> and that. <laughs> That comes with that as well. Let's see, uh, they did a survey on creepiness and found that most people think that creepy people don't realize they're creepy, which I'm like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, may, maybe it depends on the on what flavor of creepy yeah. you're talking about. Because yeah. I'm pretty but, sure some people do. But the, 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 the survey was that most people give those people the benefit of the doubt. Like, that person's creepy, but they probably don't realize that they're creepy. Wow. <laughs> like, we, well, we give them the benefit of the doubt. Which is interesting because I don't know if they realize that they're really creepy. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are and what they do. Yeah. And they don't think that that's out of then the norm. Then it's weird. Yeah. Okay, so reborns. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That is a picture of a baby. Mm-hmm. It's a realistic doll modeled after infants. In mental health? Mm-hmm. Why is this in that, in that magazine? Okay, so... Reborns are, are, are that. They're very realistic baby dolls. Okay. They are modeled after infants. Um, and they are used in... A variety of ways, either like um, elders suffering from cognitive decline, women who have suffered miscarriages and stillbirths, and even those who cannot or will not give birth due to biological or psychological challenges. So they are used kind of as a as a different tool depending on what's going on. So people with Alzheimer's uh, react really well to taking care mm-hmm. of a baby, even, but obviously you wouldn't give them a real baby to take care of. Because they might forget to take yes. care of it. <laughs> exactly, yes. And so that's where the reborn dolls come in. And so they were made for very specific purposes. Mm-hmm. But then creepy people that don't realize they're being creepy are like, I want one. And then they started collecting them for whatever reason. <sighs> and it became a thing. Like it became like... The Reborn community is lively on YouTube where collectors share unboxing videos as well as influencer-style home videos. Mm. So, like, one video, a woman changes her Reborn's diaper and shows off the doll's accessories, including a fully stocked diaper caddy. She says, I know these dolls are not real. This is just role-playing on camera for fun and entertainment. Which I'm like... Is it though? Mhm. I would I would be very kind of freaked out having a mom who's had a miscarriage or something like that having one of those to mm-hmm. kind of ease her well, sadness or you know. Yes, and they in this article they did interview a mental health expert that says that um that they would not give a woman experiencing that kind of grief, a reborn, mm-hmm. like, yeah, 
they just they would not because you could get i mean i think healthily attached to it like it was real yes i mean yes i think you'd have a, a much more psychotic reaction to it than yeah. getting over your grief yeah huh well i i know that that one of the things they do when and some i don't know if they always do this everywhere but i've heard that a lot of times if someone has a miscarriage they'll let them go ahead and and hold the baby and i mm-hmm. think i can understand something yeah. like that because that's yes. a part of the mourning process right but then but then yes because like, they have that that closure yeah right so in this article they also interviewed a reborn artist who custom creates dolls for clients um the typical price tag for an artisan made doll is about nine hundred dollars but it can go up to $2,700. So this artist first started making the Reborns in the 90s. And then, let's see, in the early 2000s, bigger companies started to make these Reborn dolls. Beer companies? No, bigger. Bigger oh. companies. <laughs> I'm like, how does that correlate? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was like, hold my beer. They can can diversify, right? Right. (laughs) And so, let's see. So, yeah, they started making them, um, started weighing them with, like, bean bags so it would feel more like the weight of a a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashton Drake Galleries sells animatronic reborns that simulate breathing, cooing and a heartbeat wow isn't that weird ai like, that's stuff so, that's for babies baby. yeah weird and those run about 50 to 150 dollars so once they started being mass produced the artisans were not making as much anymore so yeah alzheimer's dementia anxiety that kind of thing um, oh, and I was, tell- I was telling you, Don, about how realistic these dolls are, mm-hmm. that in May of 2016, a New Hampshire police officer smashed a car window to rescue what he thought was an abandoned newborn. And he says, I went to put my finger in its mouth and it was all resistance. The officer, uh, he said, and he was like, it felt like a baby. It looked like a baby. Oh, my gosh. So he, like, broke into this car thinking that someone had left their newborn. In there, it had a blanket and a bottle of milk, and he was like, someone like forgot, like left this baby in the mm-hmm. car, and so he broke it. Um, was there? Uh, let me just ask: Did they bring charges against him for breaking the window or doing any of that? I don't know. It doesn't say. They better not have. Is That's that what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so it's a. It says here to its owner and to many who have reborns, it was a baby. Per local New Hampshire TV station, the aforementioned doll belonged to a Vermont woman named Carolyn Seifert, who started collecting reborns as a way to cope with the death of her son. That particular doll named Ainsley was just one of approximately 40 that she owned. And she says, you can't know how people choose to deal with their losses in life. Okay, so if she thought that were a, a child, why would she leave it in the car? I'm like, you still, yes. So you thought it, you and your, I don't know. Yeah. Thought that it was a, treated it like a baby, like a real baby. Uh-huh. Yes, still left it in a park car. Yes. 
So this woman who received a newborn baby from Etsy says he is, so he is really like a brand new baby. She, she told him before sending a photo of herself crating all over against her chest. She apparently has schizoaffective disorder, says Oliver has been like an anchor for her, doing things like dressing him, taking him on walks on nice days, changing his diapers. It helps me feel like I'm taking care of him. And I'm like, yeah, but is that healthy emotionally and mentally? Get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem healthy at all. Uh-uh. And so this other woman, uh, was talking about how she wanted, uh, she wanted to get one, and she was she thought it would be more like an outlet for wanting to be nurturing and motherly, because um, she couldn't have children, and so she's like it's a positive outlet for people that need to be a parent for those of us who will never be, and so a lot of people that own reborns know and expect to be misunderstood, mm-hmm. like they they expect it. Um, the woman with the, the reborn named Oliver, she says that when she does explain to people why she has him, that they've mostly been impressed and supportive. She's heard of women who have felt too ashamed to bring their dolls in public spaces. And I'm like, why should we normalize this? Like, so... Are they? They're probably supportive to her face, but then leave and go. Oh my gosh, that's that crazy creepy. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, I know I'll get strange looks when I take it out to the store. Take it out to the store. I'm mm-hmm. like, is this a baby tea or not? <laughs> or anywhere in public? I wanted one for the mo- from the moment I learned about them, and I'm just like, this is not a thing that we should be normalizing, <laughs> right? So anyway. That's what reborns are, and they're creepy. That's really fascinating. If you look them up, like the pictures of them, I'm just like, that is, that's creepy. Yeah, it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, why? Because <laughs> it's not even for children. No, I can understand the medical. Uh, yes, I can understand some of the some of the reasons to do that. Yeah, but. For you just to have 40 of them and collect them and change their diapers and so on for, like, it's just like, what? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> so some of the information that I had read was about how dolls become haunted. Okay. And so it was more of, you know, being around different personalities. And, and so the doll may seem haunted to one person, but not to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think that somebody who had a doll like this would pass on their psychological whatever to a doll. Mm-hmm. Which makes it even more creepy. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you about this this doll that I read about? Yes. Okay, so Okiku is from Japan. She was purchased in 1918 by 17-year-old Ikichi Suzuki, 
for his two-year-old sister, Okiko. And she was about 16 inches tall, dressed in a traditional kimono, raven black hair, cut into a you know, shoulder-length haircut that was all the rage back then. And when he got home, he gave it to his little sister who loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved the toy, took it everywhere, played with it, and even named it after herself. So she named it Okiku. So about a year later, Okiku died of yellow fever. Aww. And let's see, she, she was three years old. The family wanted to bury the doll with Okiku, but they were not allowed to by government oversight, whatever. They, they weren't allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. So they put the doll on their family shrine, which is with a Japanese tradition that they do to commemorate the dead. And the shrine is where? In their in home? In their house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, they started to notice that the doll's hair was getting longer. <gasps> and so the shoulder length cut was now like a mangled mess of split ends reaching down past her waist. Wow. It was scruffy, different color, and it felt different. So that started happening. They also started to dream of Okiku. And when they would wake up, the doll would be by their side in the morning. I know. (laughs) You had the typical haunting stuff, lights flickering off and on, bangs in the house, noises, strange voices, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it would get more intense during, like, certain dates, like Okiku's birthday or her death day. Um, Over time... They were certain, and according to the town shamans and spiritual leaders, they all concurred that Okiku's soul was trapped in the doll. Weird. Everybody concurred. Mm. So in 1938, the family relocated to a different district, and they did not, even though they had grown fond of the doll, and they had accepted that this was just a way that they were communicating with their daughter. Like, they weren't really afraid. Mm-hmm. They were just like, this is how we're communicating with her, and she's still here, then we're okay with this. Okay. But when they had to move, they decided not to move, not to take the doll with her, with them, because they thought that the closer she was to Okiku's grave, mm-hmm. th- that made the spirit stronger. So they were like, we don't want to take her far from her grave or else i don't want to take my daughter my daughter's soul with me Mm -mm. i want to leave her with somebody else Mm -hmm. that's right so they approached a local temple and asked them to take care of the doll the priest agreed and they set her up in a nice little you know their own little shrine and everything had the doll there Mm -hmm. um and they did confirm that the hair does indeed grow. Okay. So they would cut it, and the priest cut samples of the hair for scientific analysis, <laughs> and it was proven that it was indeed the hair of a human child. Really? Yes. Who's <laughs> the creepy person who used human hair to make that doll? How's it growing? <laughs> there's that too so they regularly trim the hair so the doll stays happy (laughs) apparently 
she gets really unhappy if they don't. <laughs> As time passed on, apparently the doll's fame and her powers developed more. And so she was then invading the dreams of the priest and anyone that came to visit her would have dreams about her. Her hair was growing faster and wilder. And so the last... Um, and she's still... She is still located at the Meninji Temple in Hokkaido, Japan. Um, and the last claims that they were having of this doll was that the mouth was slowly opening. <gasps> and if you looked inside mm-hmm. her little tiny doll mouth, you would see little baby teeth. <gasps> and how did they know that those weren't there before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, how's, the, how's her mouth opening now? <laughs> I mean, the mouth opening is different, but <laughs> the doll maker could have put little baby teeth in there. Baby teeth in there. <laughs> Which is really weird. Yes. That's weird, too. Hmm. So the doll is still there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. Her own little... Little shrine there. I can say. I don't even know what to say. Okay. I would say she's pretty, but that's too creepy. (laughs) That's all. Pretty little doll. You have anything to add, Chris? That's pretty rad. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, just wait. Just wait. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, very curious, Denise. We have talked about, like, weird strange ghost stuff and uh-huh. all that stuff and you're like or or ufos or uh-huh. you know that stuff and you're like i don't believe i believe that you believe <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what what do you believe what this? do i think yeah about this yeah i first of all want to know who these scientific people were that did the analysis on this hair <laughs> okay yeah. yeah that's valid um and i also they hauntings in general I think have a lot to do with people and their trauma. Okay. And so a lot of this, they lost their, their daughter. Mm-hmm. She was three. Mm-hmm. And they are dreaming about her. Of course they are. Yeah. They lost their daughter. <laughs> so you think they're like superimposing these things on the doll, their own energies on mm-hmm. the doll. Not that the doll has its own energy. Right. I think okay. that a lot of that just comes from our own trauma and our own grief and our own inner workings and so we see things we hear things um we hallucinate just from our own grief and our own trauma Uh and so we hear things we see things and we dream more vividly when we're experiencing grief Uh because we miss that person that's gone right and then i think the priest we're like we're gonna get people to come to our temple uh, yes yes and throw a little donation into the box well so i'll tell you my happy story first okay <laughs> uh, and and this came out of a book that i found uh, online from google scholar and it's called haunted stuff dynamic dolls screaming skulls and other creepy collectibles Ooh. And it's by Stacy Graham. Okay. So this is chapter two because it is about the de- demonic dolls and the creepy collectibles. 
So this one is about a lady who, uh, which kind of goes along with your thing. Her um, dad passed away. And prior to that, she had gotten, that's what it was, um, this Scooby-Doo, like little, almost like a Pez dispenser is what I kind of imagine uh-huh. in my head, but it lights up. And um, so it kind of, you know, just gave her comfort and all that. And especially, you know, after her dad died and all that. So, like, his the anniversary of his death was coming up. And she had told her friend um, who had asked her how she was doing, that she was doing fine, that it wasn't really an issue. But that night, she cried about it. And she said, um, you know, she kind of talked to her dad and said, I really miss you and all that stuff. Well, a couple days later her little Scooby-Doo thing lit up. And um, so she was kind of looking into it and all that. Well, Mm -hmm. she ends up taking the batteries out because she doesn't want it to light up, whatever. And the evening of, you know, before his his death, the anniversary, um, it lights up. There's no batteries in it. And uh, her husband comes in and verifies that there's no batteries in it, and it is still lit up. (laughs) 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 And it stayed lit up through that night into the next day, and then it went out, and it's not ever come back on. So she thinks that that was her dad um, kind of letting her know that it was okay, that he heard her, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So that was the happy story. (laughs) 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 Which I think, you know, they talked a little bit about this, that some things are not creepy, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have happy stories, endings, whatever, however you want to say it. But but then there's the rest of them that are just like really like, let me just say, if something like that happened... It would freak me out. Mm-hmm. If the radio's playing and you take the batteries out or you unplug it and then it starts playing again, I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, let's see. There's a lot of... Let's see. That one, I think, happened in... Um, that one was Arkansas. So this next one is called uh, the Enchanted Doll Forest. And I believe um, it was it was an, a building with antique vendors in it. Mm-hmm. But this, this main vendor had a store for dolls. And this was in New York. And she opened her doll shop in 2012. So this Whoa. was like fairly recent. Yeah. Not like a long time ago, creepy stuff. <laughs> and so she started noticing stuff that um, she said it was simple stuff that things would be moved or missing. And then, um, let's see. Oh. She heard her name being called and then lights burning out and the radio would go off. Uh, and on many times throughout the day. And then one of the, the things that happened that instigated her actually contacting somebody mm-hmm. to help her with this was her friend had to leave to go get something. And as soon as she left, the radio came on. And as soon as she walked back in later, it went off. 
And so she was like creeped out about that and finally called somebody. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm not waiting that long. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, I guess maybe your, your brain is like, this is not really happening. There's an explanation uh-huh. for this. You know. If I start getting freaked out, I'm out of there. Why would I stay there? It's ridiculous. Because it's cool. <laughs> right? Well, and then this this is really funny. Um, so she said that one of her, um, one of these, one day she was cleaning the floor and she found a dead mouse. And so she picked it up and took it outside and threw it over the fence. Okay. To someone else's yard? I guess. I don't know. Wow, bad neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) which may explain the rest of this. (laughs) Ten minutes later, I found the same dead mouse in the same spot. If if I saw someone throw a dead mouse over my over the fence into my yard, I'd be like, oh no. Right? No. <laughs> you keep your dead mice over there. That is your explanation right there. Exactly. <laughs> we think it's some weird thing, but no. No. Okay. the trash. <laughs> right? So she found it again in the same spot, and she threw it back over <laughs> Ten minutes later, she found a pine cone in the same spot. So a pine cone instead of a mouse. Okay. Is that weird? That is weird. The neighbor must have just been like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm going to touch this dead mouse again. <laughs> anyway, so she was so like traumatized that she ended up moving her business. And she didn't feel right selling a doll that could potentially be haunted. So mm-hmm. she'd have to tell her patrons that they could have... Uh, issues uh-huh. <laughs> and that it was you know at their own risk if they were going to buy this doll and take it home yeah and so she felt like her business really suffered really because from what i from all of my reading mm-hmm. if i'm like see this doll it's a haunted doll like people are going to be clamoring to buy it for whatever <laughs> reason <laughs> i'm like your business suffered i know that's you were you're trying to sell this doll to the wrong people <laughs> <laughs> yes so I was kind of thinking the same thing that that seems to be a popular item for some Mm -hmm. odd reason yep okay so the next story is about a doll named Annabelle and I noticed you had um, yes like a movie thing there about an Annabelle yep 2014 I'm curious if, if this Annabelle story is the same well so the Annabelle movie in 2014 came out um, as a part of like the Conjuring franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Conjuring movies are based on Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were um, pretty big names in the oh, like, yeah. paranormal investigation. I came like, across their name well, too. Yes. Because I talked, or I talked with, <laughs> I read about his nephew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, who, who took over after after Ed died, and I think Lorraine Lorraine recently passed away. Okay, um, but they'd been doing this for a long, long time—thirty-three years. Yes, is what this guy had mm-hmm. been doing it. You know, 
with his uncle. So they had been doing it before. Yes. So yes, they'd been doing it for for a long time. They got married, um, and Ed would sell paintings mm-hmm. as like his living. Like that's how he would make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would do like the paranormal stuff on the side, and then eventually that kind of just took over. Um, and both of them did. Lorraine said she was an empath or a medium or something like okay. that. Mm-hmm. Psychic. Right. Um, Which you totally believe in. Totally, I mean, I'm sure you could tell by the tone of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what they would do. They would travel around and help people. Um, they did accept like some monetary donations, uh-huh. but they would mainly do it for free. If they thought that you were in trouble. Uh-huh. They would go and they would help you. And That's so, fascinating. So uh, I believe it was their nephew who um, has kind of taken over. Mm-hmm. Said that he had worked with several um, priests and mm-hmm. doing um, exorcisms and yeah. all that kind of so stuff. So Annabelle was a like one of those Raggedy Ann dolls. Yeah, that apparently was super possessed. Yes, and so they went and. Got the doll from whoever was being haunted by it and put it in a glass case uh-huh. in, in their home with all the other haunted objects that they gathered. Yes. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Because <laughs> I think that's, okay, yeah, I've got things to say about that. All right. So Annabelle was the Raggedy Ann doll. Um, and it says that in 1970, Donna's mother couldn't pass up buying it. So she bought it for Donna and and so Donna had it in her apartment that mm-hmm. she shared with another friend and um, at first they would notice little things but then you know more things started happening and the doll would end up in different places and then they were told by one person um, that the doll was um, a little girl and that she was just trying to reach out to them and liked them because they were girls and understood her and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, their friend Lou, is what it says, did not ever like the doll. He always felt weird. Yeah. And um, so he um, dreamed of the doll which is, seems to be a pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was napping on the couch one day, and he said, feeling himself wake up, he looked around the room and then saw Annabelle at his feet. <laughs> okay, right then and there. I'd have been out of there. I'm like, how are these things not being set on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's all moved. And fire. <laughs> See, I tried to do that in a Dungeons and Dragons game one time, and it possessed somebody. Oh, okay. So, if that's any indication, that might not be the best idea. Yeah, so why aren't these things being set on fire? And I don't understand. I don't understand why people sit there and think that this is okay. The doll started crawling up his legs toward him. (laughs) And still no fire. Do you not think something weird is going on? <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, he knew the doll had to go, which that's never a good thing, right? 
Oh, and that's the other thing I keep thinking of. It's like, well, you call somebody to take the doll, but does the demonish stuff ever really go with the doll? Right. You know? Um, maybe sometimes and not other times? I don't know. Um, I think he ended up in an accident. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he felt like there was somebody behind him, and then he turned around. And he screamed because something, like, attacked him, it felt like. And he had these claw marks on him. His friend saw these claw marks. Oh. oh yeah. So, is that really the whole thing about Annabelle and the DVD? Is it really well, the, close the, to the... The movie is about... Uh, John has found the perfect gift for his wife, Mia, a beautiful, rare, vintage doll. But Mia's delight with Annabelle, the doll doesn't last long. I think this one, they, like the, the doll in the movie was possessed by like a dead hippie. Interesting. <laughs> like what? Dead, dead Huh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like where? Well, it was the 70s. And the whole oh, thing. And so, yeah. like, two hippies were breaking into someone's house to do a whole Manson thing and oh, okay. got killed. Okay. And actually, blood on so the doll. Th- those, kind of, those kind of hippies, mur- murder hippies. <laughs> right, sorry. <Okay. laughs> Did not mean to okay, that, any, that's any, <laughs> any hippies. <laughs> yes, the murderous kind, the Manson kind. <laughs> Okay, so this is where it comes back to Ed and Lorraine. Okay, so they were um, the ones who were contacted by Donna to come and help her. And so they ended up taking the doll with them. And let's see. On the way home, the Warrens had a tussle with their backseat driver. The car stalled or swerved on curves, making the journey dangerous. Finally... Ed Warren removed a vial of holy water from his bag and sprinkled it liberally over the possessed doll in the backseat. Mm-hmm. They were very religious. Like when they went into something like this, it was very much uh, God's going to fight this evil. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like they wouldn't just go in and be like, all right, we're going to remove this thing. Like they were very, very religious. Hmm. So the rest of the drive was uneventful, which is good. But then at their home, Annabelle sat in a chair next to Ed's desk, though he reported that it would often move to different rooms, even levitating when it first arrived. A special case was built for the doll, and it moved to the Warren Occult Museum, where she had remained quiet ever since. Or has she? The doll may be to blame for the death of a museum visitor. Hearing the story of Lou's experience with Annabelle, a young man taunted the doll by asking it Lou's experiences with Annabelle. I think I missed a part of a sentence there. Anyway. um, Okay, so he was escorted. Let's see. A young man taunted the doll by asking it to scratch him and banging on the case. So he was escorted from the museum. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, the visitor and his girlfriend left on his motorcycle for home. Not long after leaving the occult museum, the young man was the victim of an accident as his motorcycle ran off the road and hit a tree, killing him instantly. 
That'll teach him. <laughs> Guess he's not around to learn that lesson. <laughs> no. So, I mean, that's all I have. I mean, I've got more doll stories. Do you want to hear more doll stories? Or do you want to go back to the uh, Ed Warren guy? Well, okay. Do you want to talk about the Warrens? Yeah, you said you really wanted to talk about them. I, I do, because um, I came across another book, and it was called Haunted by the Things You Love. And it was written by Rosemary Ellen Guiley and John Zaffis, which is their nephew, mm-hmm. right? Okay, he has a website, johnsaffis.com. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so he's been, like, really big on the Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. He's been um, on different, what did he say, Haunted Collector. But there's a lot of, like, Ghost Hunters and a lot of the right, programs he's right. been Right, he on. definitely embraced that aspect of it. While the Warrens had the notoriety, were very famous especially within those circles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think they exploited their fame. Okay. They they mainly made their money by doing talks and that kind of thing. Like, um, they would go and do kind of basics, you know, and mm-hmm. they had, like, their own little thing where they would train other uh, paranormal investigators and okay. stuff like that because it eventually got so big that they they couldn't do it all, and so like that's really kind of where they made their money was by having uh, presentations and talks and things like that. Okay, so Denise, this goes back to the thing they they had so many people that they had to get they had to train more people. This uh-huh. is not like a UFO sighting <laughs> or you know Bigfoot or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, so very fascinated and what do you think there there's a lot of people who transfer their energies <laughs> who anyway the thing that I deal found their traumas very well <laughs> but okay the thing that I found interesting when I was going through because they do have a list of haunted items mm-hmm. on the site and you can click on it and it'll tell you just a brief, you know, few sentences yeah. about what happened. Um, and at the end, it'll say, after taking this object, mm-hmm. no further issues were seen by the person. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the people who took it and it's now in your museum? Well, You're not telling me about all that stuff that's so going on. the Warrens, like I said, were very religious. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they would take something... They would pray over it, cleanse it, do the do their Christian rituals to mm-hmm, it, and mm-hmm. therefore they believed that they had contained whatever it was that was causing the evil. To me, with people that have a haunted object or something like that, and mm-hmm. again, I'm going back to how I don't think people process their traumas very well. Mm-hmm. You wrap up your trauma in something like that, wrap it all up and someone's like i'm gonna take this from you and then you don't experience any more hauntings well you kind of just put all of that in there you kind of like yeah that kind of makes sense it's like somebody's taking it from you you don't Mm -hmm. have it anymore you set it down and someone took it it's just like confession basically Mm -hmm. you talk about it and you get it out of yourself Mm -hmm. and then it's 
you feel a lot better about that. Yep. Interesting. But... <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle was doing stuff in the car that was not around that person. And did other things levitating in their house <laughs> that only they saw. <laughs> yeah, well, why is there never any, any like real good view of these levitations? Well, you know, that just goes back to the whole thing about Bigfoot never being photographed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After so many years, <laughs> no one has gotten a good picture. I mean, we got phones that take video that's better than some. Okay, so I was yeah. telling Don about this show that's on the sci-fi channel called Believers. Mm-hmm. And... I think you and I watched part of an episode once where the guy... Yeah, the, where they found the Jersey Devil. Is no, that the, no, no, no. I'm talking about the the show where they have people talking about whatever hauntings they experienced. And they had, like, evidence. And it was either a photograph or a video or something like that. So, anyway, there's several of those. Oh, that. Oh, the one with the... Yes. <laughs> Yes, so the, so the episode I was making, no, I was making this watch. This, I'm, I'm making this motion of the, this hang, you know, hanging, hanging motion because there's this picture in there of this guy. That yeah, had this, this is part of his proof. Yeah, part of his proof of him that some something like wrapped this cord around his neck while he was in the attic, and and somebody got a picture and, of and him. And they got like so there was two people in the attic uh-huh. because that's where the ghost was, and one of them had a camera, uh-huh. and the other one, I think they both had cameras. But anyway, so. Yes, one was being hung by some ghost, spirit, whatever. And the other guy turns around and, because he's got his camera in front of him, turns around, sees it, like, snaps the picture out of surprise because he's got, he's just like snaps it and then runs over there to help him. And so they have this picture of him, like, feet off the ground. Really? And it's just like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, that- <laughs> they just photoshopped that out of there. That kind of stuff. That well, kind of like in the eighties. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <gasps> no Photoshop. Yeah, it was back, <laughs> yeah, before Photoshop. Back when you had to wait, wait for like a whole twenty-four, <laughs> yeah, forty-eight hours <laughs> to get your photograph. Someone develop it. But he <laughs> was saying it's more like three days, wasn't it? Yeah. And he developed his own photos, so I think there are ways to manipulate that. But I'm not. I don't know. Not going to get into all that. But anyway, there was a whole bunch of like these episodes where they have like video. And I'm often like, what is that? <laughs> Which, it's was it better than the little black speck in the black and white photo that it's like Look got the little circle and like, what the fuck? That orb, yes. <laughs> yeah, some of them I was like, I don't know what to make of that. And then I'm like, I'm not thinking about this. <laughs> Counterfeiting and fakes and stuff has been around for, for a long, long time. long time and people mm-hmm. have always there's always been people that have have bought into it mm-hmm. and there's always been people that are really good at it mm-hmm. so i mean you know it's not just photoshop it's been going on for for a long time especially when you can like develop your own yeah own photos and things like that well you know i'm not a storyteller especially making up a story so people who can do that and just really basically lie to your face about, mm-hmm. I just saw this and this is what happened. That's weird too. Yeah. I think that in some of those cases, I'm sure that it is a you know matter of they've convinced themselves mm-hmm. 
to an extent, so they don't have to lie because they... Uh, they have, believe it in their head. Yeah, they've mm -hmm. already kind of bought into it. Interesting. So. so did y'all see the recent video of the guy who was walking in, I think it was in Colorado, and he came across the baby mountain lion that he thought was a little bobcat? But it um, it was a mountain lion, baby mountain lion, and the mama was around the corner. <laughs> that was following him or whatever? Well, she jumped out because he was like, oh, I'm going to get my phone out to record this cute little baby cat, and then mama comes around the corner. Y'all haven't seen that? Uh -uh. Oh, my gosh. We've got no, I heard that. about one where like a, they, they caught video of this mountain lion stalk mountain lions talking to this guy for like six minutes or something like that. That's probably what it was. And he didn't even know it. Oh. So I think it was a different one. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> this guy he knew because he was like backing up and there was a couple times where the cat was like, yeah. I mean, like she was really trying to scare him away. Yes. Um, but I think about that when you're thinking of a, a Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy faced a mountain lion and got some pretty dang good footage. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, people see Bigfoot and nothing. nothing. Turn, exactly. Turn around and run. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get a good shot of it. <laughs> anyway, we're Don't not worry, here to people talk are going to believe Bigfoot. us. <laughs> well, I read about Harold the Cursed Doll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harold? Yep, Harold. He And there's a book about Harold now. It's called Harold the Haunted Doll. Pretty sure that's a book, yeah. Fe it was he was featured on Ghost Adventures, so oh, he's, yeah? he's kind of famous, I guess. Yeah. Um, I could sit here and talk forever about how I feel about Ghost Adventures. Yeah. So, ha you know... Uh, so this guy... I guess what this how the story goes is this guy was a filmmaker and he wanted to make some money off of this kind of junky looking antique doll that he found so he made a video of it looking like it was haunted where he made it look you know he looked like it was moving its arm by mm -hmm. itself and its mouth was moving by itself and it was saying like here or Harold or something like that so that became the the doll's name and he was you know he so he put it listed it for like 30 or 40 dollars on in, in eBay he thought that somebody would uh -huh. would think that that's you know cool and, and buy it or weird or whatever mm -hmm. and it ended up going up to seven hundred dollars in the bid uh, winning bidder did not pay so he relisted it and then uh somebody else bought it they were they were thinking they could buy it and flip it you know just keep it for a little bit and then you know right. keep the story going right right and i bought it, it and i got these experiences yeah mm -hmm. um but when this lady got the doll from eBay, she had these experiences, and she's like, "This doll's not haunted; it's cursed." <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's a different, totally different thing. How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> sell me a cursed object and not a haunted object. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to look up the difference on that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a you know, there's kind of a little drawn out story here, but a lot of weird things happen. She said that. Uh, she said that two people that she was she knew died within six months of each other while the doll was in her house. Um, she said Clearly one of them. Clearly, the doll's fault. And yeah. There, I think, and I think these fault. people were they were a couple or married or something like that. And this was in uh, in Dublin, and uh, well, the first one she had a freak accident and tripped and fell down the stairs and died instantly. 
And then the other guy um, was very athletic and, and healthy, and uh, he got lung cancer and died pretty quick from it. So she thought that was weird and attributed it to the doll. So That could definitely be transference with, you know... <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Um, so anyway, I think she, you know, she uh, just, I kind of skimmed it. I mean, I did, I read it. Uh, she, you know, she did, she tried to sell it, tried to get rid of it. Um, and nobody wanted it? No, I think she did eventually sell it to somebody, and the guy who, who bought it, I believe, is the one who um, who wrote this and who wrote, who, who the book is about or whatever. Uh and people, you know, they there was people that did the EMF tests on it, and and you know other other readings to see if it was emitting mm-hmm. anything, and they didn't get anything. But uh, so this guy, he he was bidding for it. Um, she she did eventually sell it to the you know the guy that that wrote this, wrote this or that this is about. Um, he ended up getting into a bidding war. He just wanted to see what the reserve was, I believe. Uh, there was somebody else in the auction who went by the, the name Miss Strange Magic. Uh-huh. Uh, M-A-J-I-K. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And sent him a, a direct message and said, don't bother bidding anymore. I'll just outbid you. So then he, you know, kind of took the bait and got into a contest and <laughs> bid it up to seven twenty, um, which was I guess twenty dollars more than than the other guy. And so he had himself a haunted doll <laughs> for seven hundred dollars. Um, and then he did, you know, he did the tests on it and all that. I bet that strange magic person was the seller yeah. using a different <laughs> eBay name, <laughs> probably. Very well, could have been. <laughs> Um, you know, and people described having, they described having weird visions of the doll dreams of it, you know, just like the other things Uh that that you talked about. Uh, they talked about the doll visiting them in the night, uh, when they, you know, people that stayed, stayed in, in the house. Um, he eventually took it to a psychic who did not have a good experience with it. She opened the box and was like, is this Harold? And he was like, oh, she, so she already knows already knows about it. And because uh, I guess at that point it had gotten kind of famous. Mm-hmm. And she thought it was just kind of funny at first. And uh, let's see. Yeah, he's been all over the internet. Oh, and there's a picture of this too. So whenever he would carry, whenever he carried Harold around or, or stored him somewhere, he'd put a crucifix and a bottle of holy water in there with him to make sure that everything was <laughs> good and contained. <laughs> uh, but he wanted a clean reading, so he was disappointed that she had heard about him already. Mm-hmm. He wanted her to just look at it and, and see what she said about it. Um, she held him for about two minutes and, you know, everything was fine. She chuckled about it. And then she's like, I'm sorry, Anthony, but I just can't do this anymore. And he's like, why? And she says, because the doll just threatened to kill me. I have a heart murmur and it feels as though the spirit in the doll is squeezing my heart. Wow. So then that was the end of that. 
he had recorded the whole thing, and mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know. I didn't watch or listen to the recording. I just read this here. Uh, but he went and listened to the recording because uh, they sprinkled holy water on it during the reading to, I guess, to make sure. Yeah. You know, get stop it, trying to kill the stop trying to kill her. <laughs> and, uh, and he's and when he listened to the recording, he heard screaming, agonized screams during the time when he was doing the holy water, and. Uh, and when, let's see, when she said you're sprinkling it with holy water, the male, a male voice responded, um, shut up, uh, expletive. <laughs> 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 and then uh, there was, uh, as she was doing the reading, there was another voice again It said, I'm going to kill you, you expletive. And that was when she was like, nope, can't do it anymore. Done here. (laughs) So that's Harold. Um, Apparently he still has Harold. Uh, It's still... still I guess he keeps him uh, stashed away somewhere with a crucifix and holy water. Try to keep that bad bad mojo, you know, in one place and not have it visiting people. But it sounds like it still does when people come over. At least according to the story here. Yeah. You know, they have visitations and visions and hmm. stuff. You know, do you ever knock on somebody's door and say, and they say, oh, yeah, come in. And, and then you say, do you have any haunted stuff in your house? Because if you do, I'm not coming in. <laughs> That's going to be a prerequisite now. <laughs> well, they we have will to, meet outside. <laughs> they, they ha- they list- we'll just add it to the, the list of COVID stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have you been all right? Yeah? Have you had a fever? No? Okay, cool. Do you have any haunted objects? <laughs> yep. No? Okay, I can come in now. They have to list that in house listings, right? Not haunted, or they have to say whether anybody's died Was in murdered? the house. Yeah. Depends on yeah. the state. In case they, somebody thinks that it might be haunted or something. It depends on the state. Like, some states, if I was going to go buy a house, and I flat out ask, has anybody died in this house? Some states, legally, you have to tell me you if someone to, died or yeah. not. You know, that's interesting. I have looked at a lot of houses, it seems like, over the years, mm-hmm. and there's only one house that I asked that question. They didn't answer me. You're probably in a state that doesn't re- doesn't make that uh, a requirement. That's okay. Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, Texas down the street from here. I'm pretty sure we, we don't make that a requirement that people have to tell you if someone died, or else no one would buy a house here. <laughs> right? Be like, nope. I mean, sometimes it happens. Because it would depend. Wait, someone just died natural causes, or was someone brutally murdered? Like, I know. right. So <laughs> that's which one? Yeah. So I've been listening to like some murder books um, mm-hmm. online, online, yeah, Audible, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about that about some of the serial killers' houses that they've been destroyed mm-hmm. because nobody would buy them, or you know, whatever reason. And it was because they had buried bodies under the floor. floor yeah. <laughs> you know, the typical serial serial killer stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that house. <laughs> right. So have you guys heard about Robert the doll? So Yes. He was the one I was just gonna talk oh, about. Okay. So yes, <laughs> let's talk about him. So Robert was the inspiration for Chucky from Child's Oh, Day. I didn't know that. Okay. And so um, it was like the early 1900s, a boy named Eugene Robert Otto 
who was an eccentric artist that would later become the toast of Key West. Um, he was given this unique doll. And so they, he went by Gene. And he became attached to the doll and quickly named him Robert. Okay, so let's just say the doll was four feet tall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and was given to him by... Did you know that? Um, well, from I'm a not, servant working in his home is what so they're I'm saying. So I've got one, two, three, four, five different possibilities of where this doll oh, came from. Okay. So the first one was the grandfather gave it to him. Um, that Robert was not a one of a kind piece, but it was a mass-produced product manufactured and sold by the Steve Company in Germany. Okay. And in 1904, while on a trip to Germany, the doll was purchased by Jean's granddad and given to the boy as a small birthday gift. Um, and so he was wearing a little sailor suit, which is an outfit that Jean used to wear as a kid, too. So mm-hmm. give him that. The other one is the voodoo priestess, which I was like a stereotypical claptrap. But okay. Um, so they believe that Robert was created by a charming Haitian servant that used to work in Jean's household. The girl was, had grown fond of Jean and created a doll to protect the little boy. And of course, somewhere along the way, doing her voodoo, she ended up, I don't know, her spell went astray and ended up with something wicked instead of something good. Okay, so see, in that respect, I heard, and this was a little different, it said that they were not very nice mm-hmm. people. Yeah, that's the other one. Okay, I thought that was kind of the same one. Yeah, so the okay. others believe that Jean's father had, in fact, abused and mistreated the servant. Mm-hmm. And so she made this doll to curse him. Yeah. The other one is that the doll showed up on the shores of Key West... Just flotsam from a doomed <laughs> ship. <laughs> Don't Jean's pick fa- up stray dolls. Gene's <laughs> family salvaged the thing when the boy became enamored by it. And many believe that the devil was responsible for the turnabout of fates and that Robert carries in its innards the wrecked souls of sailors. But, okay. So he named it after himself. Because his first name, I mean, is Robert Eugene. And so he went by Gene. Eugene Robert Otto. Okay. So Robert is his middle. Who knows? Robert is in his name. Yes. And so he (laughs) named the doll that. So he's basically naming it after himself. Yes. And so the other one is that um, the doll itself is not haunted, but it's the sailor outfit that's haunted. Oh. And so the doll that was brought over from Germany the original clothing was shoddy and, you know, kind of trashy. And so they were not really up to the standards of Jean's affluent family. So one day, Jean's mom decided to buy him a little sailor outfit and dressed him up. And Jean became, you know, more infatuated with the toy because it was wearing, you know, clothes that matched his. Mm-hmm. I think she bought them matching sailor outfits. And what she did not realize was that the little sailor outfit for the doll was made from old fabric and cloth. That it had been made from fabric from a pajama worn by a boy about Jean's age that had died of yellow fever. So it's the spirit, they say, that's still in the sailor suit. And I'm like, nice. all of these are, (laughs) wow. I mean, except for Jean's granddad buying it from Germany, I'm like, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else just got 
weird. <laughs> so anyway, Jean grew up with this doll. And let's see, when Jean was about 10, in the middle of the night, Jean's mom rushes to his room because she hears a bunch of noises, screams, thumps, crashes. And she thinks it's all coming from Jean's room and she has no idea what's going on. So her and her husband go to his room and Jean is in there crying, mom, help, help. They can't get the door open. Like every time they try to push the door open, something's pushing back. Mm-hmm. And so they both try to get in. They can't do it. They keep hearing like windows shatter, lights flickering, like all this noise coming from there. And then it just stops. And then the door just swings open. And so they go. They go in. And Jean is in one corner crying. And the only thing left standing is Robert. Sitting at the foot of Jean's bed. And so Jean turns to his parents and points at the doll and says, Robert did it. Which actually becomes a thing that he says quite often. Everything that happens... And, you know, Robert did it. Mm-hmm. And so they try to get rid of it. The next day, the doll reappears inside Jean's room. Just out of nowhere. Comes back. And so they try to get rid of it several times. And every time, it just reappears. So eventually, they have no choice but to just be like, okay, well, I guess we have a haunted doll that we're keeping. And more and more things over the years just kept happening. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, Jean's parents would regularly catch their son upstairs speaking to the doll and getting a reply back in a completely different voice. They described noticing the doll speak and beholding his appearance change, snickering and sightings of Robert running up the steps or gawking out windows were also reported. Eventually, Jean's parents died. And Jean, eventually Jean died as well. And see, but, you know, Robert was still there. And so Jean died in 1974. The house was sold and a new family moved in. And they found Robert in the attic. And he then started to terrorize this new family. Apparently he became very focused on the family's 10-year-old daughter. Uh, the child claimed that Robert moved at night and that it wanted to hurt her. And so eventually those, that family was like, okay, we're donating this to the East Martello Fort. <laughs> and I'm like, so why didn't no one think about donating him to a museum before? <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I guess he didn't want to leave Gene. So I was... What I the one part I was reading was um, that he was put in the attic, which mm-hmm. is that's where they found him. Yep. Um, so after his parents passed away, he continued to live at this artist house. Yeah, he continued to live at the house mm-hmm, with Robert, and then he gets married later. And um, his wife doesn't like Robert right. and thinks that it's really weird that he goes and pacifies. Because he, because he still, like, blames Robert for things that happen. Like, yeah. he's like, Robert did it. Yeah. And, and so, I'm sorry. If I'm a grown woman married to a grown man and he's all like, <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the doll. I'd be like, 
One of you's got to go. <laughs> right? Right. At least, at least then you can get rid of the, the, the scapegoat or whatever and be like, okay, you can't blame it on Robert anymore. Are you sure so. Robert's still doing it? <laughs> but they said that when they were in bed, because they put the doll away back in the attic, that they would hear feet running across the ceiling above yeah. their bedroom. Okay. Eventually, their friends stopped coming by. <laughs> which I would do. And he would have spent most of his day in his childhood room in the turin, turret, playing with Robert and keeping the doll's evil nature at bay. So he had to still play with his doll. Mm-hmm. That is really creepy. Yeah. So it says, didn't she try to make a bed and breakfast or something out of her, of the house that she still, well, I don't know. All I know is that um, once he was in the museum, uh-huh. people would come and see him. Like if you were disrespectful to him, he would uh, provoke like numerous car accidents, broken bones. Job loss, divorce. You had to, yeah, you had to be nice to to him and you had to ask permission if you want to take his photograph. Right. If not, your camera would fizz out or battery would be drained or whatever. I think my favorite thing is that President Bush wrote a letter to Robert asking for his blessing during his administration. (laughs) Really? Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what the problem is. I'm like, <laughs> nobody's written to Robert. <laughs> Maybe they need to add that to their list of contacts. <laughs> Pope and then Robert. <laughs> yeah, in that order. <laughs> and they leave peppermints in his case. Yep. To help him be nice when people are visiting that's a good idea that, that, mm-hmm. help, that definitely would help me be nice right give me candy <laughs> so yeah apparently the museum has a whole bunch of like post-visit misfortunes that they attribute to robert they're collecting these things. well yeah people like contact them and blame robert for their sure. divorce i bet that's good for publicity <laughs> good good Bringing the visitors, <laughs> you know. I guess any any pub publicity is good publicity, right? Isn't that what they say? Well, yeah. Come come visit if our museum. Maybe something terrible will happen. Well, if you if you're like this doll is haunted, and all you got are people like I went there and then this tragedy befell me. <laughs> I'm just gonna blame like, it on Robert. Like, apparently uh, everybody fi- blames everything five years <laughs> five years later it's like well it must have been because we went to that museum and visited robert <laughs> that's it <laughs> you know my, it was five years ago but it, it had to be robert it had to be robert that's why we're getting a divorce <laughs> <laughs> that's it probably because you have a robert doll yourself <laughs> that you want to play with Man. all the time i i'm just like Somehow you stayed married to this guy. I was like, I ha- I have to play with my doll because if not, he's gonna curse us. <laughs> I'm like, do you do you realize what you just said? <laughs> like, 
no matter how you cut it. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. It's bad no matter how you spin it. That's right. <laughs> no matter which side of the spectrum you believe, you're like, all right, I think all of this is in your head. You're acting nuts. I got to go. <laughs> or curse doll. <laughs> I am out. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that is that is weird. <laughs> I I never want a doll. I'm never gonna give another doll <laughs> ever. No more. I had someone that gave me a, one of those my buddies when I was a little kid. Yeah, and I never I was like no. Oh no! It, it, I think it ended up in the closet, and I was even <laughs> terrified that it was even in the closet. Yeah, and that was probably one of those uncanny valley things. Like it, look, yes. it looks like a little kid. He's yes. got hair, and it's in a box, and looking at me like, with I don't, little glass I eyes. Have, I have no memory of ever being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got this. This is great." <laughs> I have no memories like that. I just remember it being in the closet or the toy box all the yeah, time. Like, I was looking in there like, yeah. what was it doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember all my scared, crazy things. Which, you know what? I grew up in a really old house. <laughs> well, that explains everything. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and analyze everything that happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anything right. else? Yeah, I'm I'm out. You know, I'm, <laughs> this paranormal museum thing, you can go online to John Zaffis's website at j o h n z a f f i s dot com, and that's got the museum. It's got information about mm -hmm. him and um, Ed and Lorraine a little bit, and all the shows he's been on, and he's written several books. Yeah, so. He's been on Ghost Adventures, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That episode was really funny. Really? Because the, he brings out the Annabelle doll in the glass case and uh -huh. all that. And, it, and he clearly, like, he does open it, but no one's supposed to touch it. And he tells them, do not touch the doll. And Zach Baggins is like, touch! And I'm like, dummy. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> What is that about somebody saying, don't do it? Hey, I'm going to touch it. I've, and then that makes some people just, I've got to do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Don't jump off that bridge. <laughs> well. Okay. Why? We, we won't do it. <laughs> What's that saying that your mom always said? If your friends, if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Maybe. They told me not to. A situation has never presented itself, so I don't know. I can't answer this honestly. <laughs> right. Well, we didn't talk about like haunted dummies or anything like that. That's kind yeah. of the same thing, right? Um. Okay, so that totally creeps me out. Yeah. Ventrosis uh, dummies? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the girl on America's Got Talent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That seemed like okay. <laughs> from a distance yeah i would not want to be in a room with one and especially that old creepy one that looks like howdy doody right <laughs> do y'all know who howdy doody was yes mm -hmm. there's okay. a yeah. place in denton 
the the howdy doody like convenience store yeah really they, they had this really old sign that was super creepy for a long time and then they got an updated sign that's still super creepy <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> and the first thing you're like okay that's creepy because it's old and faded and you're just like you can kind of see a doll face in there and you're like all right okay it's weird then they update and you're like okay now i can really see the doll face and i don't like it <laughs> see yeah exactly it's creepy and there's too many like um twilight zone yeah things with dolls like that yeah well, talking tina and then you've got the one about the ventriloquist dummy uh-huh goosebumps oh yeah, yeah. slappy yeah. oh you got a little slappy man <laughs> oh man <laughs> let me just say i watched the goosebumps movie that was pretty creepy i liked that movie yeah i yeah. thought it was really good for you know a movie like that yeah for kids yeah. yes all right, it creeped me out. I only <laughs> saw part of it. <laughs> I'm like, really? Kids watch this? But I probably would have at that age, but now it's like, nope, I'm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I remember reading Night of the Living Dummy 3. It was like one of the first bo- Goosebumps books I ever read. Yeah? Wow. Yeah. And you started with three? Yeah. <laughs> it, was at a book fair. it was at a book fair, and it was like, they didn't have the first two. They only had the first one. Right, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, oh, whatever. Man. Yeah, see, I would have said, can't do it. I need yeah. to get to number one. Right. <laughs> so you have number one, because I cannot read number three right. without knowing the backstory here. So I know that I've mentioned this before, but there is a book that I read in third grade called Revenge of the Dolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was really creepy. And you looked it up, so it's still out there. It's still somewhere. out there, yeah. So if anybody wants a creepy chapter, I'm like, how do people not think Toy Story isn't creepy? That third or fourth one, yeah, they're all creepy. I was like, the second you're not looking at your toys, they guess what? <laughs> and they were always alive the whole time. The whole time, yes and no, yes. And it's like, hmm, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. This, is a, this seems a little odd. Yep, that is weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Good point. Well, I guess that that's it for today, huh? Yeah. Yes. Please don't bring any creepy haunted objects or dummies or anything like that to the library. Yes, please don't. We've gotten some very unusual donations in the past. We have, yes. So, just... If they come in the front door, we're taking them out the back. (laughs) (laughs) We're not actually letting these things into the building. (laughs) No. And as of recording this, we can't accept donations. That's true. That's true. So just keep that in mind. Well, I just thought they would bring it in as their pal or something. I don't know. (laughs) I still don't want it in here. Sorry. But yes, we are not taking donations. <laughs> oh, you mean like, oh, somebody bringing in their, their reborn or unborn? Or yeah. Reborn. Whatever it's yes. <laughs> Any kind of creepy stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. And if it's creepy, just don't tell me. Right. I mean, like, if you're, if you're bringing your reborn in here and you're pretending it's a baby, then, you know, don't let me ever find out that it's not an actual baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alrighty then. <laughs> There you go. That's how we feel about it. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Long Overdue Podcast. And we hope that your October season, Halloween, or whatever you, however you choose to celebrate this season, I hope that it's spooky, if you enjoy that sort of thing. I kind of hope it's spooky anyway. Yeah. Sorry. It's just me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>